The Mel Gedroich Podcast. Hey, it's Mel G, and this week on our little podcast, we shall be talking about famous people on trains, uh, ending phone calls, and the Lobster Club. Yeah, if you like the sound of that, then do have a listen to me every Saturday lunchtime from one on Magic. There will be more top chatsky and hopefully some great songs thrown in for good measure. Of course there will be. Hey, hey, Bush. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, man. I'm really, really enjoying the summer, can I just say? It's good, isn't it? When it's finally got here, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's really odd. I haven't worn socks for very, very, very many weeks now. I put some on for last week's show when uh-huh. I showed you my arch, yeah. my ballet dancer's arch. <laughs> Um, but I, it felt really weird. Yeah. I've sort of callused up my feet quite a lot. Have you, have you got that? Summer callus? No, because I, I, I generally tend to just wear shoes and socks most of the time. I'm not really a shorts guy, as you probably noticed. So. Yeah, you're not a Rick Astley kind of wear a backless sandal. I'm not one of those, really. Although I do, I know what you mean. One of the nicest feelings is sometimes if you've been on holiday abroad yeah. and you have to put like a nice soft new sock on to get on the plane. Oh, I like that. Is that a nice feeling? Oh. And, <laughs> Why, why do you put a new sock on to wear to to go on a plane? Put plain socks on, you know, nice comfy plain socks. What that you get given in the plastic? No, 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 just like normal, like a sports sock. You know, a pack of white ones that you get for five pounds from a sports shop. I love those big chunky knit socks for planes. Oh, why? You've never done this before. No, mate. What? When do you like putting socks on? <laughs> just trying to work it out. Why do you wear a chunky sock on a plane, mate? Want to be comfortable? But it's hot. What, do you take your shoes and socks off on a plane? Is that what you do? I take my shoes off, mate. Do you? I take my shoes off. I always make sure that my feet are fragrant, might I add. yeah. I sat next to Jim Kerr on a flight up to Glasgow and I think he enjoyed the aroma that came out of my sock and foot combo. You reckon, Just saying. All right. So you buy a pair of socks to wear for a plane journey. I like nice, brand new, white, you know, white sports socks. You buy them at the airport. Are they terminal socks? That's, that would be a, a slightly grim thought. No, I get them from, like, you know, Sports Direct. What, and you bring them with? Bring them with. In your hand luggage? Yeah. I find that a bit weird, Bush. I, I don't think that is weird. I think, and in fact, there's a bit of a fashion that's doing the rounds at the moment, Mel, which ties into some footwear, which you're talking about, white socks and sliders. Yeah, mate, um, hello, that's two years old. Oh, is it? Uh, that's 2016. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that I been love around that. For, really? Oh, I love, it's the chunky sock hitting the mid-calf. Yeah. And then the well-moulded-in slider on the bottom. See, we're not so far apart after all. Matey. So listen, we are real friends. We're not just broadcasting friends. Proper friends. If we were to take a flight together to Carlisle International Airport, let's say. Number one destination. Would you pull out the chunky white sock? Yeah. All right. And put put it to you. Sorry. Would you take your shoes off? Yes, I would. Got a problem with that? Well, I might sit in a different part of the plane then. Okay, that's done it. Saturday so far. Oh. I love a good Saturday. <laughs> Sa- Saturday. I love a good Saturday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was actually really excited then. Uh, me too. I feel like I want to be on ice skates when I listen to this music. 
I wish I could ice skate better than I can ice skate. Yeah. Don't you always imagine yourself as a really brilliant ice skater, but when you go to the rink and you put on those very rigid blue plastic boots, yeah. it all goes to pot. There's nothing worse. There's no more a great leveler than trying to hang on to a uh, plastic penguin I'm... to go around an ice skating rink. That's not in the movies, is it? Well, just round the edge. Oh, it's awful. So vulnerable. Desperately round the edge. And also that terrible thing. I know that I would do this if I was about to fall over. I would just clutch at someone yeah. and pull them over Take just, them to, down. just to keep myself up. It's a real turnaround because as an adult, you're normally good at doing stuff, but you go ice skating, all the kids are brilliant, the adults are useless. Lower centres of gravity. It is. It's like Narnia. Like Sean Bean. Yeah, Sean Bean. Hello, love. Um, oh, that really hurt my throat. Uh, listen, it's time now for the Ledger of Legends. Uh, it's it's actually a physical book, isn't it, Bush? It really is a real book. Yeah, Bush draws something. He's actually really good at it. Don't tell him that too often because it'll go to his head, but he's oh. very, very good at drawing. Um... And he draws things that we really think deserve to be in the book. Things that don't get shouted about. Modest things. Lovely things. Uh, we've already got Rick Astley's hair in there, for example. Yeah. Scented bark chips. <laughs> talc and a sellotape dispenser. Cocktail sticks. Yeah. Today we're going to put a celeb in, mate. Really? Yeah, we're going to put a celeb in. OK, who's it going to be? This is going to be hard for you to draw, my friend. OK. You are my real friend. Mm-hmm. I want you, please, in today's Ledger of Legends... Ledge of Ledge, as we call it, uh, to do Sean Bean's voice. Sean Bean's voice as a drawing. As a drawing. I, I think you're up to it, Bush. The, if I manage to nail this, it's up there with something worthy of the Turner Prize. Exactly. Tamundo. Sean Bean's voice drawn with fountain pen. We're going to check in on your progress after this. Oh, that's very strong. We asked uh, Bush to do something quite difficult, which was to render Sean Bean's voice in the form of fountain pen, ink and parchment, i.e. draw it. Uh, And he's done so with aplomb. Thank you very much. Uh, I love how you've drawn Sean. He looks like one of those carvings of the American presidents in the rock face. (laughs) It does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. And you've drawn his actual voice saying, I'm Sean Bean. Hello, I'm Sean Bean. And the voice, as it should be, of course, is a bit rough and a bit craggy. It's a bit kind of scribbled. That's good. That's how I try to render it, slightly ragged around the edges. You've done well, my friend. I worry he does look a bit like Lovejoy in that picture, unfortunately. And what's wrong with that? That's a good point. What is wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. Mike McShane. No, not Mike McShane. Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Now, here's a fact about Ian McShane. Go on. You know Grace Jones's slave to the rhythm? Yeah. You know the intro voice saying... Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Grace Jones. Yeah. It's Ian McShane, mate. Really? It was supposed to be Anthony Hoppo Hopkins. Yeah. Apparently, but he couldn't uh, attend the voiceover for whatever reason. Probably too busy being Hannibal Lecter or some such. Having a nice Chianti. Yeah. Or Harriet from James Harriet, All Creatures Great and Small, (laughs) the film he was probably uh, doing at the time. Yeah. And Ian McShane stepped in. That's my favourite musical anecdote of 2018. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Grace Jones. Um, (laughs) Now, the voice of Sean Bean, we must of course write this in Latin. It's something that we do in the ledger and it wouldn't be right if we didn't. Uh, Vox Seanibus Beanibus. Yeah. That's that's official. That is official now. Let's give it the stamp. Yep. And uh, thank you very much indeed, Bush, for your drawing work. That was absolutely superb. (laughs) 
the can that is the pond of the cast. We've gone a bit delirious. We've gone a bit delirious in the studio. You know, when you sort of put something out there and you think everyone will join in. And and then nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody does, mate. Nobody does. That is called being lobstered. I heard you say this earlier on and I'd never heard that phrase before. Oh, mate, this is a cracker. What is lobstering? A friend of a friend went to a dinner party. Okay, and it was full of actors. It was quite lively. The banter was high, you know. And um, this guy, an actor, quite earthy, had cooked a load of lobsters. Okay. So it was beautiful boiled lobsters that were sort of passed round willy-nilly for this group of actors. Mm-hmm. And my friend's friend um, thought she was being really funny, picked up a lobster shell and put it over her face... <laughs> As if it was attacking her. So she kind of went... Like in the movie Alien. Yes, like that. No one was watching. So she put it back and then did it again. Put it over her face. And again, no one was watching. So (laughs) it is brilliant. So the term lobster is if you say something that gets no reaction or do something that gets no reaction. It's called... To be lobstered, I or you just it. say lobster. I think that's brilliant. I'm going to use that. Oh, mate, it's so good. This was told to me by by my friend, yeah. whose friend it happened to, and I've passed it on. Honestly, it's so. It's those. Ma- I get lobstered three times a day. I get lobstered all the time, <laughs> even in my own house. Oh God, mate, solidly. We should start a, a lobster meetup. Oh God. So I'm just thinking. Oh yes. It's often in front of the kids, actually, and it's so embarrassing. It's when you go down the pan because you put something out there and it just gets no reaction. I quite like phrases that you can't immediately work out where it's come from as well. Exactly. That's why I like it. So, my friend, welcome to the Lobster Club. (laughs) I think Sting and Sean Bean have got more than rather a lot in common vocally. They do. They really, really do. I'm mad. I'd love to hear a song by Sean Bean. Yeah. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be great. What would he cover? Come on, let's imagine. Uh, what about Shut Up Your Face by Joe Dolce? What's the matter you? What about um, something a little more upbeat and funky? What about Don't Blame It On The Sunshine? <laughs> don't Blame It On The Music? No, don't blame it. The moonlight. Right. Blame it on t- Boogie. Blame it on t- Boogie. Oh, I'd love to hear Sean Bean covering a funk track. It'd be so good, wouldn't it? Blooming good. That'd be really, really good. Don't you want me, baby? Don't you want me? <laughs> does Sean Bean know, do you think, how much airtime he gets on this show? I don't know if he does, you know. It's about once a month. It really does. He seems to have crept back in recently. I'd love to get a message to him that we're big fans. <gasps> Maybe get your daughter to be on the same train as him and she can leave him a note or something. That is a really good idea. She's very good at speaking to celebs in the right way. Yeah, but we've already established we think Sean might go first class. He might go. She'll have to get, he'll have to get her into first class. Yeah, because listen, if he's on Game of Thrones, he's not anymore, is he? But if he's on something of that ilk, he's in big shows. Big money. They're going to pay for him to be travelling and they're probably going to put him in first. And it's good old Tom travelling in standard class, which, of course, gave us this opportunity to speak to someone famous. You know what I mean? It was so good, nice so guy. good, that a hero turned out to be a hero in more ways than one. If you've seen a famous person in a run-of-the-mill type scenario, then tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Or if you've seen a hero and they didn't turn out to be so run-of-the-mill nice to you, we'd like to hear from you. Yeah, report it. I'm going to say this out loud. Michael Fish was not very nice to me. Wasn't he? The weatherman, sadly, no longer with us. What? Yes, I went up to him in a department store and asked for his autograph and he wasn't very nice. Was this post the 1987 slight mist forecast that he came up with? It was, it was 87. I wonder if he went a bit into his shell and was a bit bitter about it after that no. point. If you'd have gone up to him pre-87, he might have been lovely. I feel as if he was personifying the forecast that he had erroneously made. Yeah. Does that make any sense Yeah, no, it makes all? sense, it makes sense. Probably not. Um, Bush, how, how's your week been? My week has been good. My week has uh, been focused around phone calls. Oh, yeah. And I just want to try and get your advice on something, whether you do this as well. Yeah, go on. I have recently started doing this thing where I f- end phone calls by going, OK, bye, 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 bye. Oh. Where has that come from? I can't, Same. I can't look you in the eye now, Bush. Do, do you ever, have you ever done this before? Listen, n- uh, names shall not be named. Mm-hmm. But I was once attached in a professional way yeah. uh, for a while to somebody that I worked with. Uh, and they used to sign off with this. Bobby. What is a Bobby? Bobby. Bobby. And, <laughs> and I really had to I had to terminate the friendship. Because that would stay with you, wouldn't it? Yeah. So do do what you do again. Okay, bye, 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 bye. What's going on, mate? I don't know where it's come from. My nan used to do it when I was a kid. Now I've started doing it. How do you end a phone call? Goodbye. I mean, simple. Just once. Why do you do the bye, 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 bye? I don't know why I do it. Is it nerves, Bush? It might be nerves. I'm going to try bye, bye. No, 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 don't. No, the fingers are being stuck in the ears. Bye, no, no, no. It was bye, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to try a more direct final goodbye. Has anyone picked up on this? Has anyone said, uh, Bush, what the heck are you doing? No, do you know what? I, I hadn't even, was not self-aware of it until I heard a bloke in front of me on the train a week ago saying to his, whoever he was on the other end of the phone to, bye-bye, okay, bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, I do this as well. This is really weird. It's horrid. Can I, let me call, we've done this before on the show. Yeah, I'm call, phone, call, phone I'm going to call you now and I just want to see how you go on the phone call because... Okay, you've got my number. I've got your number because we're real friends. We're not just broadcasting friends. We're, we're, not friends. Ju- we're not just for Christmas, you know, we're proper the full all thing. the year round. We're emotionally invested in each other. Totes. Oh, hang on, me, me, me. Oh, there we go. Right, I'm answering. Is that your ringtone again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's the cheeping, chirping. Um, hello? Hi Mel, how's it going? It's Bush yeah, here. Yeah, really good. How are you? I'm good. I just thought I'd give you a quick call. Just yeah, I've been lovely. trying to work on how I end phone calls and I just want to see how you ended yours. Yeah, I'm a bit busy now, Bush, so I'll, I'll see you really soon, yeah? I'll give you a call. Goodbye. And that's, that's it. She's gone. Yeah, she's gone. That That's exactly how I sign off. And that's really quite satisfactory. It's clean. It's just standard and people know where they are. Okay, I feel like I know where I stand and there was no further comment afterwards, so... <laughs> exactly. It's it's all tied up. Yeah? Thank you for Phones 101. Oh, I, I re- I'm worried now I'm going to hear the... Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Okay, let's have a look in here then, shall we? Ah! Come oh, on. I'm excited. Come on, Bushy. I've accidentally pulled out two questions. You can have question A or question B. B, please. Question B, you have chosen your destiny. Here we go. Come on. Mel, what would you what would you name your boat if you had one? Lobster. Ah, <laughs> the lobster. The good ship lobster. The good ship lobster. Because I would hope... I do love lobster. I never eat it, but ooh, it's nice. I don't think it. I've ever had lobster. Matey. Never had it. I don't have it that often. You know, I'm not some ruddy, you know... Highfalutin posh girl mm-hmm. that has it every week. 
but oh, if you get the chance, it's a beautiful thing. Because we all went out for uh, food, didn't we, not that long ago? And you and producer Louise had lobsters, didn't you? Come on, make us sound cool, mate. <laughs> Don't people out there thinking we're, you know, some ruddy champagne socialists? Or I, I had a burger, you two had lobster. Yeah, we did. What's wrong with that? It just looked a bit small. I, I like to get value for money when I'm eating a meal, like big. <laughs> Food. I, want to, I don't want to have to have a bag of chips on the way home. You did. You had burger and we had lobster. And lobster looks to me like bag of chips on the way home. Oh, no. Not no, big it's, enough. It's sensational. If it's well cooked. Really? Yeah. I like the idea of a real sort of homespun boat that you go out in. Yeah. You go out in. I go happened. out in my boat. Um, And you put your pot down and then hopefully you get a couple of lobs. Really? Yeah. Can you do that on your own? Just lobster potting type stuff? Can I, you? I've no idea. We tried to pull up the lobster pot once in Brixham Harbour, me and my friend Dan in his boat. Danny Pryor? It was Dan Dan Withy. Oh, Dan Withy. My friend Dan Withy and I tried to uh, pull up a fisherman's lobster pot, and that's not a euphemism, and we got told off by the fisherman. <laughs> of course he did. I didn't think they'd tell us off, but did. they really got quite that's cross like, with us. That's like going up to somebody and sort of putting your fingers up their nostrils. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just wanted to have or a look get, at it. Or wedging them. That's very intimate. Was that the equivalent of a fisherman wedgie? You don't do that to a fisherman. I just wanted to look in the lobster pot. I'm going to take anything out. You probably disturbed the sort of the mating ritual of the lobster or the feeding rites or whatever. Mel, can I just say, if you love the fisherman so much, then why didn't you marry them? I did. (laughs) We actually married in the 90s. Right, okay, right. Didn't work out. Just don't talk about it, all right? Ah, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really, really love our podcast and we love the fact that you listen to it. Hear more larks like that every Saturday lunchtime from One on Magic. The Mel Gedroyd Show. The Mel Gedroyd Podcast. <laughs>